Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo from Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm so happy to be here with Tom Fertle and Tom Terrace, two of the, the team members here at Stewardship. How are you guys doing? Great, Rob. Very good, Rob. Great to be here. All right. And for our regulars out there, uh, we usually have another Tom, Tom D'Angelo. So that would have been crazy, a, a, th- a three, Tom, three Tom show. So the maybe Trinity. next week we'll... Uh, yeah, there you go. Trinity of Toms. <laughs> a, th- a triple threat. Uh, so it's uh, awesome to be here with you guys. And for those out there listening that are tuning in for the first time, Reflections from the Heart is a gospel reflection. You might be saying, what is a gospel reflection? So a gospel reflection is uh, just a gathering of, of people that look at the gospel for the coming Sunday. So instead of waiting for Sunday, showing up to Mass, hearing the gospel for the first time, we break open the word that we will hear. And then we just share. We just share from the heart. It's not a Bible study. It's a reflection. So we just ask the Lord, God, what are you saying to me now? Right now in, in my life, what's going on? And a lot of times a word or a phrase will really jump out at you. And, and like the Blessed Mother, just spend some time pondering that in your, in your heart and asking God, what are you saying to me through that word, through that phrase? How can I truly live the gospel in my life as a, as a husband, as a father, as a son, as a daughter, as a brother, sister, friend, in all aspects of life? So welcome to, uh, to Reflections from the Heart, everybody. Uh, Tom, if, uh, if you could, please open us up with a prayer. Sure, we'll do. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of this day. Lord, we thank you for the gift of life. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the Word, of your Word. You speak to us so brilliantly through the passage of sacred Scripture. As we break open your Word today, we ask for your grace, for your guidance, for your wisdom, for your insight, for your inspiration. We ask that for all those listening, that their hearts and their minds be open that the soil of their hearts be tilled, as pointed out in your passage this morning. We ask for the graces that you have in store for all of us to abound as we delve deeper, as we reflect, as we contemplate the mysteries and the beauty contained within Scripture. And we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Tom. And Tom Terrace, if you could yes. share the gospel with us, brother. Sure. This is from the gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 through 23. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil. It sprang up at once, because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit a hundred or sixty or thirty-fold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. 
The disciples approached him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them in reply, Because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. From anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because they look, but they do not see, and hear, but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You shall indeed hear, but not understand. You shall indeed look, but never see. Gross is the heart of this people. They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and be converted, and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Amen, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see but did not see it and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it, and the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy, but he has no root and lasts only for a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word and it bears no fruit. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirty fold. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, to you Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Thanks, Tom. Sure. As you were reading, I was just thinking of um, of the state of my own heart. You know how sometimes my heart is like the path, like the rocky ground, the thorn, and the rich soil that we hear right up front, uh, all at once. You know that there's different aspect, aspects of my life where um, I might be ready to to hear from our Lord of uh, you know a, a correction He might have or a plan or a change that He might have for a certain aspect. But then there might be just some deep hurt that I might be holding some unforgiveness, um, that my, I might be rocky ground or might be the path you know, where you know, it's not even taking root at all, uh, that I'm not, I'm not there. Uh, you know, this is uh, you know, real, for me a real invitation to, to pray and look at, look at the different aspects of my life, look at different relationships and, and see you know, where is my heart and and, and all those different things as a husband, as a father, as a, as a friend, as a, you know, as a partner in ministry with you guys, um, you know, where, where is my heart? I like the, uh, the image of Jesus kind of, he's kind of calling out, you know, the crowd, uh, you know, we see the, the crowd, so many people that he had to go out on a boat, not to kind of be able to talk to them. And, you know, and, uh, the question for us personally, then is like, you know, why am I following? Um, I know at, at least in one other example, uh, like in the sixth chapter of John, when the crowd, they just got fed the miracle of the fishes and loaves. And it's because they were fed that they're now following him around. Like, Hey, you know, this guy's got free lunch for us. And he, in that case, he actually calls them out. I know why you're following me. And I think that's a, an important question that we can draw out of it personally. You know, why am I following? Am I following to get the good things? Am I following just to get the stuff that I need that I want? 
you know, um, or am I following because, you know, I'm willing to open, I'm willing to open my eyes. I'm willing to open my ears. I want to hear, I want to be converted. I want to change. Or am I following and getting involved in my church because it's cool, it's vogue, it's okay, it's just a nice thing, you know, or is it, is there a deeper conversion here? And I think that's, that's, that's one of the, you know, an underlying lesson here. And of course the you know, the imagery we'll talk about gets gets deeper, but that initial idea of you know what's what's drawing me to Christ, you know, is it uh, you know out of convenience? You know, there's this dynamic they talk about in studies in faith where we talk about God as the cosmic the cosmic butler. You know, oh my grandmother's sick. Hey God, come here. I'm, I'm going to ask you to heal my grandmother. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I want to you know I want to I want to get this job. You know, so I don't ask God what job I should get but I ask God to give me the job that I want, you know, those types of things. Do I pull them out when it's convenient or is it about conversion? Am I saying change me or am I saying God change what's around me? You know, it's a big difference. It, mm-hmm. it makes me think of a, of a gentleman that we met at a, a recent trip that we had. I won't give any details, but he was talking about watching the Super Bowl and his team was down and it was like the last drive. And he said, God, if, if you, you know, help my team to win, I'll give up, you know, this, this particular addiction he was talking about. And miraculously, they came back. They won. No way they should have. And, you know, through God's grace, you know, God was able to to free him of of that addiction. So, uh, you know, we we, we do ask in desperation sometimes. But then if our hearts are pure and we follow up and say, all right, Lord, I want to— I want to follow through with this. Help! I need. I need your grace. I can't do it. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't do anything. Right. So, please help me to kick this. You know, through through your through your power. And then you're just asking like a whole bunch of questions, Tom and and Rob. And the 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 phrase that jumped out at me was the disciples approached him. So we can approach Jesus just as they did with all of our questions. In fact, that's I think that's what he wants us to do, to go to him, you know, in prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament with all these questions that we have, no matter what they may be, you know, like, are you even there, God? I, you know, whatever it is, we can always approach him as they did. At least that's what I find for myself, you know, whenever I'm struggling with something, you know, I just settle yeah. down the mind and try and, you know, meditate on his word and then ask him what direction or lead me somehow, you know. Yeah, Tom, and I, and I like, you know, he continues on there and, and refers to, you know, this 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 knowledge has been granted to you, you know, that, that it's a gift. And I think, you know, one of the struggles for people of faith is that, you know, we, we can take that gift for granted. You know, again, Rob and I, we were talking earlier with some other folks, uh, a missionary who goes to, you know, third world countries. And we talked about, um, you know, some education work. We had international students who come from countries where there's not even, not that they haven't even heard of Christianity, but there's no concept of God, you know, which is for, for most of us, that's just a, like, what do you mean? They don't even know, you know, the concept of God. We take it for granted. You know, we know, you know, we know about our faith and we look in terms of arguing our faith with people who've also heard of Jesus but may or may not believe. But there are people who have not even been been you know given any any perspective of faith. So it, I think there's a twofold message there for us individually. One is again, um, you know, do I recognize the gift? Do I recognize what's been given to me? It's a tremendous thing that needs to be nurtured and 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 you know read scripture, Tom, and and, and reflect and and I need to, you know, to 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 foster this what's within me. And the other message is go out and sow. 
Because again, you know, we may think in our in our uh, what you call it one time, Rob, the holy huddles. We yeah. may think in the in the comfort of our churches and our prayer groups, and uh, that everybody is kind of you know like minded. And yet, there are many masses out there who have not ha- had a chance to to hear the word. They have not been. No seeds have been sown. And so uh, we've got to foster you know our faith within us uh, through that relationship with Christ, and then of course go out and then sow those seeds as well. And and at the end, you look at what tactics does the evil one use to try to get us off track. Um, Tribulation, persecution, lure of riches, worldly anxiety. And I just think of my life. At one point, pursuit of money and promotion and investments. And I mean, that whole lure of riches, you know, money's not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil, right? So it was my money at that point in my life. It was my money. I earned it. It was my creativity, my smart investment decisions. I mean, there was nothing related to God in any of that. That lure of riches for me, that, that took me away. Man, that 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 choked out the word. That that put God uh, down a notch, right? You know, when you think of tribulation and persecution, then you then you think of that last beatitude. You know, blessed are you when they persecute you and utter every evil thing against you falsely because of me. You know, hooray, rejoice and be glad. You know, have I made that tr- switch yet? I mean, it, in my conversion process, when there is tribulation and persecution. Do I look at that and say, all right, Lord, I offer that up to you. You know, no one was persecuted more than you. No one was left, you know, high and dry more than you. I give this to you. I offer this up to you and and use that as a way to, to come closer to Christ, not as in this parable, you know, to, to, uh, to grow further away. So um, there's a lot to chew on, a lot to, uh, in, in the examination of conscience for me is, you know, where am I anxious? You know, even if it's with kids, like sometimes my anxiety goes through the roof with the kids. You know, when when should when should my daughter start to date? When should uh, you know? Never the, is that? Oh well, yeah, around? thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, it, like, yeah, all this. You know, are they going to be knuckleheads like me and and take right. the long way around? And, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, all this stuff. Um, so even when you're on the team this can still creep in and, and really mess with you, you know? So, uh, so we, we, we need to stay rooted, Tom. All right. Thank you for that exhortation, uh, that encouragement to approach Jesus. All right. They approach him with a question. So I need to approach Jesus. I need to make adoration and that time in silence a priority and, and intentionally schedule it in and bring my questions to him. Lord, this is, these are your kids. How do you, you know, how do you see this unfolding? Where, where do you see them in school? How are we doing with, with, with sports and, and how much time we're spending there and how much attention? You know, just bring these questions to our Lord. Approach, approach Him. So thank you for. And that's, and I think, yeah, that's where we receive the grace to protect ourselves, to battle against all of the worldly cares coming at us. You know, God gives us that grace. I think when we spend, you know, time in adoration. You know, we just, you know, not sort of just getting um, our minds clear or something, but he's giving us something, that grace, that spiritual protection that protects our heart and our, you know, thoughts. Because it's that, that's where the evil one gets into our thoughts and it makes us all these crazy things start coming up, all the worries and, and all that. And I think when you meditate on God's word and spend time, he gives us the grace to battle that because it is a battle. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, Tom, I love it. I mean, I look at this and I go, yeah, there's times that my heart, you know, really can, can qualify for any of these. You know, sometimes it's rocky, sometimes it's amongst the thorns. Um, and, and you look at that and go, well, you know, and he explains it, you know, it's the evil one comes, steals. Well, I'm not worried about that. The evil one's not. Well, wait a minute. No, there are times when I do harden my heart, you know, so I may not be saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm not choosing the devil in this case, but but my actions do that because I hardened my heart to what's being said. And what really stuck out for me personally was this, you know, they hear the word without understanding it. And I look back in my, my faith life, and I, when I think about particular um, struggles I had when it comes to our Catholic faith, it's because I didn't understand something, and that's where I hardened my heart. So, you know, I could be going to Mass and going through and feeling good about being in a parish, but, but that whole theology of the body thing, you know, I'm not, I don't know about that. And I hardened my heart to that. So I'm letting I'm letting I'm letting the the, yeah. the enemy get in there, and and what was at the root of it? You know, world, worldly issues, but at the heart of it was understanding. I didn't mm-hmm. understand, and as and as, as I've gone through my life, I've always said to people, if you're really wrestling with some type of teaching or some type of you know thing that that we believe. It's the understanding of it. I think that's what let, lets lets the heart then be opened, you know, because we want to we want to be cafeteria Catholics. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. like that part. I will pick this part. If you if you, if you if you resist something, you know, seek to understand it, you know. And I mm-hmm. think through that understanding, as Christ is telling us here, through that understanding, that that heart can be softened then, you know, and let His beautiful teaching come through and not the enemy. Yeah, that's uh, that's. That's wise. That is so wise. And, uh, and sometimes we have c- conflict within ourselves. Yeah. And uh, you know, the conference that we just went to, Tom, uh, down in Orlando, the convocation that the bishops called was beautiful. One of the last speakers uh, really talked about a lot of things, but specifically about, about teams. And then, and as you're sharing what you're sharing about this, this internal struggle, I think what he shared about teams really kind of comes to us as individuals. He said, you know, to build effective teams, you have to start with trust and then conflict arises, but conflict on ideas, not like focus on the ideas, not the people. Like don't take it personally. Don't make it personal. You know, let's, you know, if there's things we need to wrestle with about ideas and approaches, um, you know, as long as it's not like, okay, we're not going to agree with this doctrine and we're going to, you know, st- you know, start our own church, you know, not that, just, <laughs> but just approaches of, you know, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, from conflict, comes commitment and then accountability and results. And as you're sharing, Tom, I was thinking of, uh, you know, trust as that foundation of all the words that Jesus could have asked St. Faustina to have on the image of divine mercy. He picked five. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. So in our own faith life, if that's the foundation, trust, then we can wrestle with these things. Like the, the, the next... The next element of, of the team, you know, conflict. So, like you're using theology of the body or whatever, you know, whatever contraception, whatever it is that we're wrestling with, that there's conflict. Take that to Jesus, and ask Him why. Why do you have this teaching on theology? Of the body? Why do you want us to follow this teaching on? Or why am I so struggling so much yeah. to accept mm-hmm. it? Yeah. yeah. And then what, what is that, it within me? Absolutely, Tom. Yeah. So then within that conflict. Jesus will, with mercy, guide us. He will guide us to, to all truth. And then once we truly understand the why, then we have total commitment, right? We have total commitment. And then we have accountability with our spiritual director, with our confessor, with our you know, brothers and sisters that we're on the journey with. And then the top results, you know, this is about sowing seeds. You know, God wants all of his kids 
Not that the results are up to us, right? That they're up to him, but he needs us. He needs our hands, our feet. He needs our voice. He needs our yes. He can't do anything without us fully consenting, right? So God wants all of his kids saved and, you know, starting with trust, uh, ending with results. And I look at the results and as all his kids hanging out in heaven. So, you know, it's a beautiful journey. And I think when you bring all of those issues to God, like, uh, God loves it because it's in a spirit of humility. You're saying, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand this teaching. I don't know why I can't accept it. And there's an element of humility in that which touches God's heart. So I think he's more prone to, you know, respond, you know, by answering your prayer, giving you the answers you need because you have that humility of heart. And, and, you know, Tom, that, that trust, look how trust diffuses these challenges. You know, um, uh, I don't understand, but if I trust God, if I trust Christ, if I trust his church, if I trust his word, then I'm not going to worry about if, if my understanding is lacking right now. It goes back to, you know, Peter, you know, when, when, when the apostles, when the disciples were leaving, are you going to go away? And what did, what did Peter say to Jesus? Well, you know, I, I, we believe in who you are. He didn't say, I understand exactly what you were teaching. He said, I'm gonna, I believe who you are. I mm. trust you. The understanding mm. will come. So mm. trust can, can defeat uh, or can help with that lack of understanding. Um, when, uh, when persecution comes and, you fall, and, and the person falls away, again, if I trust, I know that the persecution, it's not going to last. It's not the end. You know, the trust overcomes the persecution. Um, when, when I get in, involved in worldly uh, you know, riches and they, and they choke out, you know, if I trust in God's providence, if I trust mm. in him— then the worldly things, you know, get diminished. So that theme of trust that you, you brought up can, helps to, to diffuse and helps to combat all of these, you know, all these barriers that are being illustrated here in this in this parable. Trust in the Lord, trust in His providence can defeat um, you know, or combat, you know, all of these uh, all of these particular elements. Yeah, that, that little tiny book that's so powerful: trustful surrender to divine providence. Mm, yeah. That. Whatever happens, if we truly, you know, believe in in, uh, in what God says, He will turn all things to good, right? We, for those who love Him, right? So if we love Him and we live out that love, there's going to be some some tribulation. There's going to be some bumpy roads along the way, um, but we have to trust that God will God will provide. God will give us the direction. He will give us the people in our lives that can walk with us. Uh, but it just it all starts with that with that trust. Yeah. And even as you, as a father with, you know, little ones, you can almost see like, I'm sure you've experienced what you're taking your, you know, kids around, they're asking a million questions, but you know what's best and you're, you know, you're guiding them and protecting them. Well, God is doing the same thing with us. So, you know, we're at, looking up at him and say, why is this going this way? Why are we doing this? And he's just saying, you know, I got it under control, just like you guys with your, you know, sibling, with your uh, children, you know, like, don't worry, you know, just hold my hand, you know, it's going to be all right. I got, you know, I'll protect you, you know. And how do I know when I'm trusting, when I'm being open, when my heart is, is, is open? Well, we, the answer is right here. It'll bear fruit, mm -hmm. right? And I know in my own personal life, you know, if I find myself being short, with my spouse, if I find myself being short with the kids, if I find myself being, you know, envious of others or, or, or being upset about my situation, I sit there and go, I, I, it's because I've hardened my heart. It's because, you know, the moment that I should be on my knees is the moment I choose not to and I let myself get into other things. You know, I, I know it's usually it's time for confession, you know, um, but that's, you know, is there fruit being born in my life? You know, do I, am I at peace? Am I, am I feeling loving? Am I being merciful? If I'm not, 
then I have to then I kind of kind of backtrack and go, well, I've hardened my heart. I've let these other things get in the way. I've made the hole, you know, for the enemy. And so I can be my own check in our in our lives. We can be our own check. Am I bearing fruit? Am I operating the way I'm supposed to be operating, you know, as a loving, trusting Christian? If I'm not, okay, why not? There's something going on somewhere along the line here. You know, I, I've, I've fallen away and I've either, I've, you know, I've, I've hardened my heart one way or the other. Uh, and uh, what a gift that we that we have in the Eucharist, not only to adore our Lord uh, in, in times of adoration, but to receive Him, to to consume His body, blood, soul, and divinity. That His His being is coursing through our veins uh, and changing us into in, into being more like Him. And we had an experience uh, earlier this week where we met with a woman who's been in ministry for for 40 years. She's in her late seventies and she's got the energy of a, of a teenager, right, Tom? Yeah. And, uh, for the last 15 months, her husband's been, I mean, he's on his way back, but he coded a couple times. I mean, just, just crazy what she went through. And she shared how the Eucharist has really sustained her that through all this, the Lord allowed her to still make it to mass every day. And he, she was just going out to mass the other day. And her husband said, uh, how are you doing this? You know, there, there's people half your age that won't be able to to do that. I mean, she didn't hardly get any sleep, and she was going out to, get to mass. And, and he said, "The Eucharist is really sustaining you." And he said, it's a, it's, it's, "And he said, and it's, and it's in this time that you can't even let a little crack in for for the evil yeah. one." So, the Eucharist. So many would say to her, uh, you're too busy. Don't worry about that. Take care of things. Mm-hmm. You can't get to Mass. And she would say, no, it's uh-huh. because I received the order. Because I went to Mass, everything else would fall into place. Yes. You know, and we get, we get it backwards sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. well, I'll work on my prayer life when I get my rest of my life organized. No, it's the other way around. You know, and it seems like a, a no-brainer, mm-hmm. but, we, but we, need to re- we need to be reminded of that. You know, our prayer life comes first. Everything else then flows from mm-hmm. that. You know, you don't have to get your, your life figured out first and then your prayer life. Yeah. Focus on your prayer life. Focus yeah. on relationship with Christ. Everything else flows from that. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Yeah, you always hear these stories about, like, people saying, um, I don't have any time for prayer. God is the author of all the time we have. And somehow, <laughs> I've, I've heard stories from different pre- priests or religious saying that, you know, somehow I get everything done, even though I take the time to pray, somehow I still get it done. I don't know how yeah. God does it, but <laughs> he yeah. makes the time lengthen somehow. It's gospel time. It's gospel <laughs> math. We can't figure it out, but he <laughs> says it. He promises it, so we got to trust it. You know, that's it. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. People like Mother Teresa, Pope John Paul II, Fulton Sheen, and they spent not only their holy hour, but throughout the day, they were going to chapel, checking in. You know, Jason Everett has a beautiful book on John Paul II and, and some of the stories about his devotion to the Eucharist. I mean, he would be able to sense a chapel, and, and his handlers would have to, like, tell the people, you may need to hide this chapel. Like, they would put chairs and close yeah, the door, put chairs. we got to stay on schedule. Yeah, stay on schedule. And he'd yeah. go off and yeah. find the chapel. And he knows. He's like, wait a minute. And he would go in and, uh, <laughs> and, and have his time with the Lord. So if uh, St. John Paul II, the, the if St. Mother Teresa, if Fulton Sheen, uh, you know, if they can carve out the time, I, I, I think I can as well. So maybe that's the invitation for all of us is to be as intentional with our time with Jesus in the Eucharist as we are with what we say are the most important things in our lives. God bless each and every one of you. Bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. 
For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Mm-hmm.